All right, I'm back. It's great to be back. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And 800-941-SEAN is our number that has not changed. And uh, hope you enjoyed the time with your family and uh, rested up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I wanted, I needed to take some time. I was just fried. Uh, My gas tank was pretty empty. It just was. You put your heart, your soul and uh, and all of this 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 battling, but it gave me time to think, which I want to share with you today. A lot of a number of things, and I want to just first start with something that should be very obvious to all of you. I am not interested in a corrupt mob in the media. I have no interest in what they think or have to say about anything that any questions that we raise that they might deem offensive. Or their little sensibilities and wokeness are, you know, you know, they're lecturing Americans that want honest integrity, honesty, integrity and competence in their election system for daring to ask questions uh, about this election and about how it was conducted. And uh, now we have one poll after another. Over 80 percent of Republicans do not believe that this election was free and fair. Now, they don't like the people think that way, but I don't care what they think. These are the same people, people that are lecturing you that for three years, well, frankly, four years, never accepted the results of the 2016 election. These are the same people that peddled election conspiracy lies on a spectacular level. I call them the media mob because they all peddled the the phony narrative about Trump, Russia collusion in 2016. And they none of them ever criticized the interference with the Russian disinformation dossier that Hillary Clinton and the DNC purchased at with funneled money through a law firm, hiring an op research firm, hiring Christopher Steele that gets his money from a guy that says none of it's true. And that that became a means of spying on a presidential candidate at the time, Donald Trump, and then a president, Donald Trump. I don't need their lectures. I don't care what they think. Uh, and they never accepted the Donald Trump victory of 2016. And they dragged this country through hell with lies and conspiracy theories of such a spectacular nature. And never once did they admit they're wrong. You know, then they then they all bought into and sold you this phony impeachment hoax. That was another, you know, six months of our lives, you know, dragged through hell. And they didn't care. They ignored Joe Biden and zero experience Hunter, the real quid pro and quo. I don't need lectures from them. I don't care if they don't like that we're looking deeply at the integrity of this election. And I'm going to tell you, if we don't get this right and we don't look at the things that are gone on here and find every irregularity and everything that happened that can't happen if we want free and fair elections that we have confidence in, then we're never going to have them. And fundamentally, the rule of law and the Constitution is meaningless. Now, I'm already concerned Durham hasn't lifted a finger. And, and we know these things happen, but I don't want to digress here. We know that laws were not followed. 
We know in every state that they all allow for partisan observation of the vote counting from beginning to end. Ballots, mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, all of it. And we know that didn't happen. We know Democrats attempted to change like the laws in Pennsylvania unilaterally to allow late ballots. So we'll just count them. We know that the Democratic Party sued in the state of Georgia and the dopey secretary of state and governor, which have now proven themselves to be useless down there. And they're going to hurt the special election. I would argue that if that special election were held in Georgia today, that's that Purdue and Loeffler uh, are underdogs and would probably lose. And unless they get the system straight, uh, I would just why would you anticipate a different result? Uh, But that the secretary of state agreed to this settlement agreement with Democrats suing the state that allowed two tiered signature, a two tiered signature verification system. You can't have two separate signature verification systems. We're going to get into great detail on all this with Matt Towery later. You know, one with lower standards for the mail-in ballots, which were record numbers, and one stringent standard based on real verification of voting roll signatures that are on file in a computer program. And for day of voters, you can't have it that way. Now, we, we got to purge the, the voting rolls when dead people vote. That's a bad thing. We got to do that. We've learned uh, we, we never seem to get around to it. We know people receiving multiple mail-in ballots. We know people that didn't request ballots got them anyway. I don't like the idea. Well, we're going to have voting in perpetuity, 100 million ballots cast before Election Day. How far out are we going to have voting in this country? Two, three months, six months? How long are we going to have vote counting, but only in certain states? Not the states that we have faith and confidence in the results, the other ones. How much long, how long do you get to count ballots? Because there are still states counting ballots. We still don't have congressional races determined yet. You know, then everybody hated Dominion voting systems. Everybody. You know, the one thing you never get the media, you never get Democrats, you never get Republicans to ever agree on anything. The one thing they all agreed on was Dominion voting systems suck. That's the one thing they agreed on. We know that the, the New York Times was was very critical uh, of them. Uh, we know that it was used in 28 states. We know Dominion came under fire after allegations that their machines caused thousands of votes in one Michigan county. They said it was a human error. OK, that's what they're claiming. They're claiming that they don't have the capacity to uh, to be uh, to submit information to other countries. I was listening to the hearings in Arizona today. You had an expert say, in fact, they do have that ability. Uh, we know that the this machine expert professor, uh, tenured professor of Princeton, said the same thing, that has the capability of that. We know during Georgia's primary, a lot of serious issues surrounding the state's Dominion voting machines now we're learning, in fact, that they were they got the contract. They were not the highest quality machine out of three systems that they were looking into. But they chose that system because it was the cheapest. We know that they had problems during the primary season with these machines. Now it looks like today in Fulton County uh, that apparently a server crashed on Sunday, delaying a recount requested by the president. That happened down there. I mean, it's it's insane. And we can't get answers. And, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 beyond frustrating. Even the AP was critical of it. And, you know, so 
why would we not use the best system? Texas rejected these systems twice in 2019 alone, once in 2013. I mean, it's it's crazy. But what I've had a chance to do, what I want to share with you today and go over here is, and I think this is important now, a federal judge did order the freezing of Dominion voting machines in three counties. That just happened, U.S. District Court. That's in the case filed by Sidney Powell. We'll we'll check in with her. We also got the pardon of Michael Flynn. Um, The FBI, by the way, has now launched a preliminary investigation into presidential uh, election voter fraud. We did find out that. The president was critical of that with Maria Bartiromo. Uh, But here is where my head is at as I look at things. And, all right, so laws weren't followed. Observers didn't observe They used machines that Democrats, Republicans, the media all agreed were not the best machines that all had problems. And they used them anyway. I'm not interested in what the Trump Russia hoax uh, mob has to say about anything that any question a Republican brings up when they didn't accept the results for four years of the more recent election. They never vetted Joe Biden They never looked at zero experience hunters dealings with Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, China. Uh, They don't care. They're bragging that they, oh, we we finally got Donald Trump to answer a question in in three weeks. And I'm like, and they're tweeting out these pictures. And I'm thinking, well, you didn't get Joe Biden to answer a question the entire campaign. So, you know, why are you patting yourself on the back? But. If you look at the analysis, the Federalists did a good analysis. Others did a good analysis. Wall Street Journal did a good analysis. This is what we now know. In 2016, President Trump received 62,985,106 votes. This time, he's almost just shy of 74 million votes, gaining well over 10 million new votes. That we know. Uh, He is the first incumbent in nearly 150 years to gain voters in a re-election bid and lose. Last time that happened was Grover Cleveland. We know that the uptick in support from minority voters was real. I'll get to those numbers in a minute. We know that Biden managed to receive such a historic number of votes despite a huge enthusiasm gap. That almost hardly ever happens uh biden lost ohio by eight points and florida by more than three points and biden will be the first president in 60 years to lose florida and ohio but still win if you look at 19 counties 19 of them that have picked every president prior to 2020 correctly since ronald reagan if you look at those counties All 19 of them. Uh, Donald Trump won 18 of them. If you look at 58 counties that have selected every president since 2000, President Trump won 51 of the 58 by an average of 15 points. Biden won only 57 counties. I'm sorry. Biden won only seven of the 58 counties. Trump won 51. These are all bellwether counties. In nearly every metropolitan area in the United States, Biden trailed Clinton's margins from 2016. You have to believe that Biden got 15 million more votes than Hillary and 15 million more votes than Obama in 2012. Is Biden not popular? Are we missing something here? 
when you look at the three biggest cities, you know, states that were never in play for Trump, New York, you know, uh, New York City, Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, and you look at the numbers and you see that uh, Donald Trump, for example, Biden, for example, you see that Biden did lower, ranked lower than both in New York, for example, in, than both Hillary and Obama. The same thing in Chicago and the same thing in, in Los Angeles. Now, the counties or the cities that Biden now performed, Clinton, for example, Atlanta, Fulton County, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Detroit, Wayne County, according, you know, that's the city of Detroit. Biden underperformed uh, in that one city, and that was it. And the question is, well, why didn't he outperform in all these other big cities? Why did he underperform in every big city that didn't matter, and he overperformed dramatically in the cities that are in question, where we are having problems and we don't have confidence in. I've got a lot more numbers to share with you. It gets complicated, but it's like you have to believe things that had never happened before just happened perfectly aligned for Joe Biden. Just the right cities, the right vote count, the right, but they also are the cities where we have the most questions. And then ask yourself if you have faith and confidence in those results, because that's what it comes down to. And most people are saying they don't. And I don't blame you. And if we can't have free and fair elections, then you don't have a constitution, you don't have a country. And the fe- it doesn't bode well for our future. I'll tell you that, just to be blunt. As we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. So, you know, if you look at the margins nationally, uh, for example, with African-American voters, you know, Biden performs at 87% in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, 92%. Why is it 5% higher in these states where we have questions uh, and, and higher 89% in Michigan and higher in Georgia? Each of the key states had a greater margin than the national average for Biden uh, in terms of African-American voters. These are the cities that, all right, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Fulton County, Georgia. And by the way, now the Georgia election officials, they refuse to check signatures and ballot recount. They just refuse. I don't know what's wrong with that secretary of state and governor. They're useless. Anyway, so Trump is one of three presidents to lose reelection while his party gained seats in the House. Benjamin Harrison in 1892 and George Herbert Walker Bush in 92. There were 27 races, according to the Cook Political Report, that were toss-ups. Republicans are either leading or won every single one of them. We're victorious in many races that were, quote, lean Democrat. Republicans have flipped double-digit seats with more to come. As GOP, they keep getting more seats as they're still counting. Statewide level, Republicans dominated state legislatures, including a, a flip of both the House and Senate in New Hampshire. The GOP outperformed expectations in the Senate level. Tom Tillis, Joni Ernst, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, outperforming polls by substantial margins. Uh, if you look at Biden overcame Trump's commanding primary performance, that had never happened before. How is that possible? Everything, every trend... 
every measure that you compare it to every other election, Joe broke the mold. Now the question is, do you believe it? All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So let me just go through this again. President got over 11 million, 74 million votes now. Almost 11 million more than he got in 2016. Uh, record GOP support for minority voters. Uh, Biden managed to receive a historic number of votes despite an enthusiasm gap that was almost unprecedented. 76% for Trump, 49 for Biden. I didn't know anybody that was enthusiastic about Biden. Uh, Biden lost Ohio by eight points, Florida by more than three points. Uh, Biden would be the first president in 60 years to lose Florida and Ohio and, quote, still win. 19 counties that have picked every president prior to the 2020 election correctly. Trump won 18 of the 19 counties of 58 bellwether counties in a larger study that have selected every president since 2000. Trump won 51 out of the 58 counties by an average of 15 points. Biden won the other seven uh, by an average of four points. Biden trailed Clinton in every major city, but a few exceptions. And that would be from 2016. And that is taking the the three largest cities. You look at, you know, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Biden underperformed Clinton by a pretty significant amount. Like, for example, in Chicago, Clinton had 71.2 percent of the of 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 the vote there. Biden at 66 percent. Clinton had 48 percent Los Angeles, Biden, 44 percent. You know, Biden outperforms Clinton in these cities, though. Atlanta, Milwaukee, Wayne County, Detroit, Pennsylvania. How's that? How's that possible? How is that? The the norms are broken. African-American voters nationally, 87 percent, 92 percent in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Higher than the national average in Michigan and Georgia. How's that happen? You know, the 27 House races, toss-ups, Republicans won all 27. Or they're leading in every single one. They still haven't decided one or two. Uh, they won many races rated as lean Democrat. Republicans flipped double-digit seats and, you know, more as the GOP. You know, these races were insurmountable. This was supposed to be a blue wave. All happened, but the top of the ticket with a record number of votes loses. That's what the media, that's what the mob, that's what Democrats want us all to believe. Republicans dominated state legislatures, flipping the House and Senate New Hampshire, maintaining in in every other state and gaining on and building on top of their lead. Nobody, everyone thought that the Senate was going to flip to Democrats 50-50, worried about the two seats in Georgia. You know, Susan Collins didn't have a poll that had her, you know, I think she was down seven in the best poll for her. Tom Tillis, Lindsey Graham, Joni Ernst. You know, I know Martha McSally and Cory Gardner lost, but they also had a pickup. John James performed well, and I think he should have gone further in his challenge, but he didn't. Uh, Picked up the Alabama seat. No president ever received more than 75% of the primary vote and lost. Trump got 94%, more than Nixon, Eisenhower, Clinton, and Obama. Trump is only one of five candidates, or incumbents rather, since 1912 to get more than 90% of the primary vote. 
Trump set the record for total receive uh, votes in a primary, shattering Bill Clinton's previous record by almost double. If you look at what do you think Romney got? Now, Trump has almost 74 million votes, 73,923,495. Romney had 59 million, 142,000. McCain had 58 million, 319,000, nearly 20 million more than McCain. Bush had the highest of anybody in 04, 62 million, but he only had 50 million in 2000. If you look at African-American voting, it was the highest for a Republican since 1960. That was heading into the Civil Rights uh, Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act in 65 with 12%. I mean, Romney only got eight. McCain only got six. You know, I mean, it's it, it's clear. Bush in 2004 got 4%. States, you know, that, quote, stop counting. I mean, they deny, but, you know, we're, apparently there's a tape emerging in Georgia. I keep hearing about it. I talked to somebody that actually says they saw it. And, you know, apparently they were told, oh, we have a water main break that apparently it happened hours earlier and was fixed. And people can go home. And then apparently voting continued. Vote counting continued. Um, you know, but if you look at the states in question, you know, what we're now seeing Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan stop counting votes in key counties on election night. Why? Why did that happen? Why were partisan observers not allowed to observe? You know, is that when massive vote dumps happened? Because we all woke up in the morning and then all of a sudden everything that changed. If you look at Biden only votes ballots. Reports of 450,000 Biden-only ballots. Now, that's being disputed by some, but, you know, President Trump got, what, 833 fewer uh, votes than Purdue in Georgia. Biden received, you know, more votes than Ossoff. That means undervotes. You know, they're only only ticking off one, the presidential race. You know, if you look at the president got 11 million more votes, Largest rise in support for any incumbent ever in history. Joe Biden's support with the black community fell below 90 percent, which Democratic president, which usually means a Democratic presidential candidate would lose, but not in the states that we're we're talking about. Florida, Ohio, Iowa, each defied America's media polls with huge wins for the president. Since 1852, only Richard Nixon has lost the Electoral College after winning this trio. We're told Biden won more votes nationally than any president presidential candidate in history, but he won a record low 17 percent of counties. Does that make sense? He only won 524 counties as opposed to, let's say, Obama in 2008 won 873 counties. Biden somehow outdid Obama in total votes by 15 million when Obama ran in 2012. Statistically, abnormal vote counts were the new normal when counting resumed. And those are the ones where all of a sudden, you know, you had unusually high percentages going all to Biden. Historically low absentee ballot rejection rates, despite the massive expansion of mail-in voting. Why would all of a sudden absentee voting rejection rates, you know, why are they historically low here? Because they weren't looking at them. In Georgia, Biden overtook Trump with 89% of the votes counted. For the next 53 batches of votes, Biden 
led Trump by the exact same margin every time. You see what you get? You get in the point here. You know, this, th- these are all anomalies when you're looking at overall aggregate numbers and what you have to believe happened that had never happened before, or rarely ever happens. And it's just a coincidence that everything worked and lined up perfectly for Biden, but in the four states that mattered. How come all these other states were capable of having election results that were counted and we had results that night? And they're still counting in some districts, in some counties, in some states. They haven't even counted all the votes yet. Votes just magically reappear out of nowhere like they did in Georgia. And, you know, do you really think that Biden got it was more popular than Barack Obama in 2012? 15 million votes more popular. You can argue that this was, you know, another shot at a third term of Obama, if you will, but. Biden didn't do any campaigning. We rarely heard from him. He was in the candidate protection program, the media mob protection program that they made for him. You know, and that he outperformed Obama with African-American voters. Is that is that true? Do you believe that? You know, it's and and how do we restore faith and confidence? How long are we going to allow voting to go on in this country? You know, and I love the mob and the media and everybody. They're, they're all outraged. They sold us nothing but lies. They never accepted the results of 2016, pushed more conspiracy theories, the biggest hoax in the history of the country, dragged the country through hell, and they, they feel like they have a right to lecture us on asking these questions. Why are these anomalies in existence? You know, I go back to Dominion voting systems. Now, I don't know a whole lot about these voting systems, but this is, this is the one thing that just stands out in my mind. And I was watching Rudy Giuliani make a presentation today, and I know Sidney Powell, she'll actually join us later. Uh, apparently, she has somebody that says in real time that they saw, but the person has not spoken publicly until we hear from them. You know, I want to hear from them. And, you know, unless she, it, Rudy was saying that they think that the, some of these votes went through or were funneled through um frankfurt germany i heard him say we need to see the exact trail of that if there's computer forensic experts that can prove that that would be game changing so far it you know they're in the process i guess of doing that now dominion claiming what happened in michigan when the vote switched to biden was just human error all right well what do we know about dominion machines we know that the new york times well we know first during georgia's primary a lot of issues surrounding their voting machines. The New York Times ridic- ridiculed it. They required too much extra power for aging polling stations, blue fuses, never powered on, other workers still being trained on the use of them just days before the elections, They're having a hard time with even simple basic setup. The electronic poll books, also new, were plagued by freezing software, user error. Now we see that Georgia election officials are refusing to check signatures in the ballot recount. Why? You know, can you can you say that? By the way, nearly eight out of ten Republicans now say the presidential election they believe was stolen. New survey for the communications messaging seven letter. It's a lot of people. One thing that we know in December of 2019, Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren, Ron Wyden. They were critical of these machines. We know that the Times said the electronic poll books also 
plagued by freezing software user error. Now, this was used in all of Georgia's 159 counties. Why did the state of Texas reject it not once but twice when they tried it out in 2019 and they they said they had nothing but problems each time they tested it in Georgia uh, they tested three separate systems they chose Dominion Dominion was the cheapest but it wasn't the most accurate and it wasn't the best system and now there are charges today that there might be some connections as to, you know, whether or not people connected to the lobbying firm for Dominion might be working in the governor's office. we got to get to the bottom of that. We're called his office today looking for answers. Uh, the AP said that the Dominion long skimped on security in favor of convenience, making it more difficult to detect intrusions. It was rejected by the Texas Secretary of State and Attorney General's office for failing to make ba- meet basic security standards. Prominent tenured Princeton professor specializing in election machinery, policy, and security, his name is Andrew Appel, issued an op-ed blasting Dominion over security concerns. He said the Dominion image cast evolution looks like a pretty good voting machine, but it has serious, a serious design flaw. After you mark your ballot, after you review your ballot, the machine can print more votes on it. Whoopsie-daisy. He says, of course, the legitimate software installed by Dominion won't do that, but the machine is physically capable of it, and fraudulent software can exploit this ability. By the way, after the 2000 elections, you had the Baker-Carter you know, commission looking into what happened there, and they said that mail-in voting was the most apt for fraud. That's exactly what was said, by the way, by other people. Malin, the New York Times said it. You know, all of these, why were we using these systems and why did we have all this widespread mail-in balloting? How long are we going to have balloting go on for? You know, all of this raises questions. If you don't follow laws, you don't have observers, which are written into the statutory language, you look at all of these anomalies, you know, it looks like Joe Biden defied every bit of of other logic and indicator in terms of who's going to win an election. He only outperforms magically in the in the five cities that matter the most, where we've had the most questions and problems. And you wonder how it is that we got here. I did, you know, some wow, that's really unfair that you're raising questions about the integrity of the election. Well, I think Americans need to know whether or not they had a free, fair election that they can have confidence in. And right now, none of the none of the investigations that I have seen instills any confidence in me. FEC chair says the evidence of election fraud is massive. Yeah, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court took a pending case from the Commonwealth, stopped it in its track after finding out that the petitioners had a likely hood of success on the merits of the Pennsylvania Constitution claim. Why did that get stopped? So many questions. Glad you're with us. Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this program. And, well, apparently 48 hours after Biden somehow broke his foot while allegedly playing with his dog, the details of the injury remain shrouded in secrecy. The press can't get anywhere near him. Been no photos of Biden released to the public, which I guess could be expected to reassure the American people that his injury is not more severe than they're letting on. You know, the secrecy of Joe Biden. Boy, you know, compare that with Trump when he got COVID. I mean, Trump left the hospital still sick. 
You know, we saw video pictures of him regularly and uh, made a speedy recovery. I don't wish Joe Biden any uh, ill health. The guy does not look strong to me. He looks weak. He looks frail. And he's cognitively struggling. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If this becomes a, an issue in, in, these ne- in the next four years, if that happened, imagine, you know, to what extent, how complicit is the mob, the media? They let them hide. They let them not answer questions. They're, they're tweeting out, we got a question answered by Trump, first one in three weeks. They let this guy go unvetted the entire campaign. You know, that's why we stay independent on this show. Honestly, it's like I got my, my three hours on radio. Uh, we're not the mob. They never vetted Obama. They never exposed the Russia hoax. They, they perpetrated one of the biggest conspiracy theories and lies on the American people ever told because they didn't accept the results of the 2016 election. Now, if you raise questions about, you know, some of the, the anomalies and irregularities and oddities of what happened, well, what do you find? You find, uh, yeah, this is not good. Biden, you know, underperformed Hillary in every metro except Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. Shocking. He has higher numbers uh, in those four, ca- those four areas of the country with African-Americans than, uh, than the rest of the country. In some cases, five points higher. It's unbelievable. I'm not interested in lectures from a media that never accepted the results of what happened in 2016, because that's what they're saying. And if we have laws on the books about partisan observers and they can't observe, how do you ever trust that? And by the way, you want to talk about a bunch of crap? I mean, now they're actually questioning the legitimacy of Amy Coney Barrett. She came out with a decision. They didn't like it. Now they're just ripping away. Unbelievable. Just as, you know, so typical, isn't it, of the media has an agenda. Doesn't matter how many trends that change just for just for Joe Biden just happened to change. Uh, Anyway, we are watching very closely the great state of Georgia and the secretary of state there and the governor there seemed uninterested at all. One thing that we do know is, in fact, in the state of Georgia, that they had two different signature verification systems because of a Democratic lawsuit. And I think that's one of the greatest examples of election failure uh, in the country. You got a secretary of state more interested in fighting Republicans. He enters into this plea deal, the settlement agreement with the Democratic Party of Georgia, the National Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee and the Congressional Committee. It's set up uh, literally two different signature verification systems, one for day of voters and one for those that got mail-in ballots and the system that always confirmed or verified the signatures that uh, were on the state national database system was not used for all those mail-in ballots. And if they just decided that the final standard would be the signature on the envelope match the actual ballot, well, the people applying making an application for a ballot, I assume would be the people that fill it out. Doesn't mean it's the person. Where's the photo ID? No photo requirement, no photo ID of any kind. And then voters who went to the polls to vote were required to present not only valid identification, but had their signatures checked against the state's central database 
to make sure they were valid. Those that requested an absentee ballot by mail weren't held to those same standards. You would think they'd fix this for the general election. Apparently not. This was a lawsuit back in March, clearly setting up their strategy to win the presidential election. Matt Towery is with us to talk about this and much more. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you, Sean? Why don't you go through what happened here in detail? You sent me an incredible note, and I want you to explain to everybody exactly what went on. Well, I'll do it concisely. So um, the, the main focus in Georgia is Fulton County, which is the largest county in the state. Uh, it's the county where the city of Atlanta proper uh, lies. And in, in that particular county, you just had so many things go on that, that it's really hard to imagine that, that, that something wasn't right. Uh, you, you had uh, the Secretary of State, of course, originally set this up in Georgia by allowing there to be this double standard, which you talked about, for mail-in uh, absentee ballots. No photograph needed, no photo ID. Um, and in the end, he even went so far as to let the Democrats decide who would be the individual who would teach the other ca- all the other counties in Georgia how a signature or whether a signature was valid or not. So all of that was given to the Democratic Party in this consent agreement that you talked about earlier. But on the night of the election, beginning of the morning, you had a leak at the State Farm Arena, which is where they were counting the, the ballots. It occurred early in the morning. It, as best I'm told by my sources, it had absolutely no effect on ballots or voting, but yet it was used as an excuse to slow down the vote in Georgia, which is exactly what it did. I heard that observers were sent home, but the leak had actually happened earlier and had already been fixed. And I'm also told there may be a videotape in existence that actually shows that the voting picked up after the observers left. Yeah, I've been told that as well. And Basically, we know for a fact, because it's been stated publicly, that around 10.30 or so, they sent everyone home, the press home, the observers home, told everybody to leave. And then all of a sudden, the people in charge said, oh, we found some more ballots, and they kept about five or six people, so I'm told, on hand counting ballots for hours with no observers, no supervisors. Now, there's some assertion by the Secretary of State's office that they sent a supervisor. Whether that supervisor was actually there or not, we don't know. But in that hour and a half, two hours when no one was there but those five people and the head of the elections uh, uh, division in um, in Fulton County, who, by the way, I think pretty much you can assume is pretty partisan Democrat, um, you don't know what could have taken place. And as a lawyer, I would simply say that the chain of custody and integrity of those ballots was went out the window when everyone was sent home and there was no one there to watch for such a period of time. But you had endless things. You had one, one observer who says that she saw not a pallet but a dolly full of, um, of votes. These are absentee ballots, but they looked different. They, they weren't creased. So, in other words, they didn't look like they were mailed. They were a different texture of paper. They were moved right over where all the other absentee ballots were. So this stuff went on and on in Fulton County. And, of course, we know that's where most of the votes were found that ended up putting President Trump under and Biden over the top. Let's talk about fixes. You know, I talked about signature verification and this lawsuit that resulted in this deal where you had two standards in Georgia. That's not being fixed by the governor. That's not being fixed by the secretary of state. No, it's not. And um, in fact, the Fulton County, again, they had a system, the scanner, which the county paid for, which would have scanned those signatures to test it against the centralized database, which is what everyone else has their signature tested against many states. They have a centralized database of signatures. 
Well, it, darn, it turned out that night it just didn't interface. It didn't work. So they claimed, actually it was several days before, they claimed that they looked at every single ballot and matched those signatures by hand. That's over 145,000 absentee ballots in, in Fulton County alone. So the system didn't even work. As to the governor and the, and, the, and the secretary of state, I think those are lost causes. If I were Donald Trump, if I were advising, I would tell Donald Trump he needs to create a, a PAC or an organization that is going to look for integrity in, a, in elections in the future and basically say that every state legislator who stands for looking into this election and finding out what's going on will have his support next time they run, and anyone who doesn't will not have his support. Because right now, the only hope Donald Trump has, and it's a slim one, are for these legislatures to get together and deal directly with the Electoral College. I don't believe the courts can solve this at this point. I think you're too far down the road, and the president alluded to that yesterday. What about this GovTech.com? I've never heard of them. And how they awarded the machines to Georgia. Uh, apparently, there were three companies in, in a bidding to get Georgia's 159 counties, get their voting machines in there. The machine that performed the worst was Dominion. Now, Dominion is criticized by Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, and, and, and Ron Wyden. All these election, these machines are criticized. The tenured professor was critical of Dominion by name. The New York Times critical of the primary election in Georgia by name. Um, then, you know, then we know Texas rejected Dominion also. 28 states end up using it. $107 million contract. But it was the cheapest. It wasn't the best tested. Well, here's here's what I do know about Dominion. I don't know very much at all. I'm not an expert in that at all. But what I do know is that by the time, if indeed there were an issue with the Dominion machines, by the time we get down to it, you will see Joe Biden uh, with his hand on the Bible and he'll already be elected president. It's become very difficult to get through the various layers of potential fraud. That, it, that potentially took place in this in this race. But what I know we can tell in almost all of these states or many of these states where this happened, Sean, you had the same pattern, and that is slow the vote down, hold it up until around midnight, suddenly ballots emerge, people start counting again, people are blocked. We remember we had images, I think it was in Michigan, of, of them blocking the windows so that no one could see them count, no one could get into Philadelphia. In Atlanta, they decided to count overnight with no one there. I mean, there's a pattern there. And does it prove that there was fraud? No, it's very difficult to prove with direct evidence that fraud took place, particularly this far after when the evidence can all be scattered apart. In fact, the the Secretary of State in Georgia said, well, there's no way for us to change this election because the ballots are secret and we would never know who voted for which candidate. Now, that's not what the law says. The law says if you can prove an, a, a large enough degree of fraud, regardless of whether you know which candidate you vote for, you can overturn that election. But I'm afraid that is out of the gate and gone now, and it, it rests in the hands of these state legislatures. And right now, for example, in Georgia, there is no coverage of this issue that would get a state legislator who's a Republican to be motivated to do something. There's no so how does this impact this race on January 5th, these two Senate races, which are so critically and vitally important? Well, they're hanging in the balance. You know, we did a poll last week, I think a week, a week and a half ago, that showed that these races were very tight. Uh, Kelly Leffler was losing by about a point to her Democratic opponent, opponent uh, Reverend Warnock. And then at the same time, uh, you had David Perdue slightly ahead of John Ossoff. 
that race is is sort of drifting more towards the Democrats right now. I think in part because of the tack that the candidates, the Republican candidates, have taken. The the Democrats have chosen. Ossoff has taken one approach. He is really going hard on the pandemic and the fact that not enough has been done and trying to get jobs back to people. He is really hitting that accelerator just as the pandemic. They're also hitting the investments of both of them. Oh, well, I'll get to that in a moment. Absolutely. Warnock, on the other hand, is hitting back against Leffler. Leffler's campaign, I think, made a strategic mistake of going after Warnock on some issues that really don't move a lot of votes, but, but seem to be, you know, significant. I think at the time they thought they would move votes. And now what, what Warnock is doing is he's running these very slick ads that say, oh, I'm a normal person and I'm very calm and I care about you. And he lists out all these issues that he wants to deal with. The Republicans don't look, they look like they're dealing with issues right now that relate to people who are going to vote. And the other problem they're running into, and it's very clear, is that there is a real desire on the part of some Republicans in that state, no matter what the president or anyone else does. They are so upset with the Republican Party, they don't want to see these two candidates get reelected. And they're going to have to find a way beyond bringing Donald Trump in for just a day on a Saturday to motivate these voters to get back out to the polls. In well, fact, I might add. Let me tell you, these, these ballots start going out, what, now, right? Oh, they're out. They're out now. Oh, they're out now. Yeah. And early voting. All right, stay right there. Matt Tower, we'll, we'll take we'll get back to this Georgia race in a second. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean Sidney Powell on the pardon of Michael Flynn and where she stands with this Dominion case. All right. Twenty five till the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza, it has been a four year nightmare for Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Four years of this man's life has been ruined and lost a house, had to sell his house. You had the strong arm of, of prosecutors forcing a guilty plea. Well, Hannity pled guilty. What are you talking about? OK, well, he was given a choice and it's been very clear, unambiguous. And the choice was, well, if you don't tell us that which our own FBI uh, interrogators didn't even think happened, including Peter Strzok. What we want to hear, which is that, they, in other words, they were telling him that he had to lie we're, or we're going to go after your son. And he's like, OK, well, uh, I'm a soldier. I'm a loving dad. I love my fa- my son. And if you're going to you know, now go after my whole family over this whole thing, I'll I'll sign on to this. Well, Hannity, that's pleading guilty. And then when he when he was about to get the plea deal, he had to affirm the plea. Okay, that's what you would normally do. But we now know that things happen that cannot ever happen in this country again. And if they do, we're just, you know, we're now down the road where we don't have equal justice, equal application of our laws. Might as well shred the Constitution, which we, I, you know, at times I begin to worry Uh, that we may be past a point of no return, but I always have faith in the American people to ultimately get things right. Uh, But we finally did get the pardon from the president for General Flynn, but it's been four years of his life, and it's long overdue, and it is probably only the beginning of, of justice that hopefully this nation deserves based on all that we covered and we're able to unfold. This, this is the great irony. If you're saying count all the legal votes, look for voting irregularities and make sure that, that we can have faith and trust and confidence in an election outcome. And when you start giving numbers that just don't make sense to people and you start looking at things that have happened in this particular election, 
oh, this is horrible. Well, for three years, they stayed this country's media mob and the Democrats stayed focused on a conspiracy theory, which was that Donald Trump colluded with Russia in the 2016 election. And it turns out it was all manufactured by Hillary Clinton. Anyway, one of the reasons that we got to this point um, and this happened is because of the diligent lawyering, hard work through a lot of difficult days. And I mean difficult with a very, very stubborn judge that made no sense to me, uh, Emmett Sullivan in this case. Sidney Powell is the attorney for General Flynn. First of all, our, uh, I'm very happy for the, for the general, for his family, but four years of his life basically robbed from him. How are you, Sidney? Oh, we're good. Thank you, Sean. Uh, it's a very bittersweet situation. Of course, the relief of being out from under a wrongful criminal prosecution is huge, and we're very grateful to the president for the pardon. But at the same time, from the time I came in the case, I was determined to make the legal system work the way it should have to exonerate an innocent man. It would be nice if we had a, quote, criminal justice system, end quote, that actually worked in that fashion. But unfortunately, I'd estimate that 5 to 10 percent of our prison population right now is not guilty. But the system did not work as it should have to exonerate them, and we've got to do a better job of that. Not everybody can get a presidential pardon. Uh, well, that's a good point. And, you know, I'm, I watched Andrew Weissman come out and literally say, oh, Biden's AG needs to go after Donald Trump. And I'm like, the president out the door needs to pardon his whole family and himself because the, they want this witch hunt to go on in perpetuity they're so full of rage and insanity against the president. I mean, it's can can the president? I I assume that the power of the pardon uh, is absolute, and that he should be able to pardon anybody that he wants to. It is absolute. It's in the Constitution. I don't know about his authority to pardon himself, but it should not be necessary. And aside from that, the president's going to get another four years in office to finish the job he started because the election fraud we are uncovering is massive and. Uh, There were foreign actors involved in our system. Uh, People from Germany and Serbia and China were all in our election the night it happened. I want to get into that with you in a second, but I I, want to just stay on Flynn for a second. I promise I want to hear what you have to say. But the special counsel threatened Flynn's son. Did they or did they not to extract a guilty plea? Oh, they definitely threatened to indict his son. That was part of the plea agreement, but it was not disclosed to the court. For some reason, Judge Sullivan seemed to have no interest in the truth of what really happened in this case. And we witnessed what can only be described as egregious political bias from him and, frankly, a very disturbing ruling by the D.C. Circuit that sent the case back to him, although he should have been disqualified for a number of reasons, not the least of which was he himself litigated against General Flynn, seeking a rehearing by the entire D.C. Circuit, which is unprecedented and not provided for in the rules at all. Yeah. All right. Let me move on to, well, I guess the first question is, Um, I watched the hearings today. I was watching them with Rudy Giuliani out in Arizona with state legislators out there. And as they were talking about the voting and the voting process, and as we know certain things that are incontrovertible about Dominion voting systems, which you've come under fire for. And I want you to, to get your your point on this. And he had a cyber expert with a white collar cyber criminal, they call them as you know, they really just go in there 
uh, white hat, meaning they go in for the good guys to find out if any improprieties took place. But we know that 28 states use Dominion. Uh, we know that they are claiming what happened, for example, with the vote change uh, that took place in one Michigan county is human error. We know that uh, during Georgia's primary, there are a lot of serious issues surrounding this, the state Dominion voting machine. Uh, we know the New York Times was highly critical of these voting machines. We know that the AP was highly critical of these voting systems. We know that um, we know that the Texas legislature in 2019, on two separate occasions, rejected these systems. Uh, we know a tenured Princeton professor who specializes in election machinery was very critical of it. Uh, so you have people of all political persuasions. We know that Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar were, were critical of it in 20, late 2019. And so that's what we know about it, but yet it was used. We now learned in Georgia that it was being used uh, in spite of them. They were the low bidder, but it was not the one that gave the state the best test results, which is odd to me. Now, during the testimony today, they brought up the issue of, of votes might have that that somehow there's an Internet connection to the system that went through Frankfurt, Germany, in this particular case. You were part of the Trump team, legal team. And so I thought and then you said no. And the and the Trump legal team said no. Did something happen there? Well, actually, I never signed or even wrote an engagement letter to the campaign or the Trump legal team because I just, you know, I'm extremely independent. And Paul, I don't have much taste for politics, to put it mildly. I'm the kind of Shocking. person that wants to uncover whatever is wrong, and the chips are going to fall where they fall, whether they fall on a Republican or they fall on a Democrat. And, and there's so many chips here, you can hardly see through them. Um, they're going to be, there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. There should be massive fallout from this because it goes, this fraud goes across the country. It has affected international elections. I think there's a substantial CIA component to it. In fact, I wonder where Venezuela first obtained the software that it used for the system that it then exported to run in other foreign countries. It's a communist, essentially, operation to rig elections. It well, Dominion has responded to this and said they're only a domestic company and a domestic operation. What's your response to that? Well, they can say that all they want, but they co-office with Smartmatic outside the country. It was We have, have a sworn affidavit from an extremely credible witness who was there and knows the owners. Uh, we have testimony from the owner himself. Well, testimony, it's on YouTube. It's a publicly available YouTube video about uh, how it was created, and they created it for the purpose of rigging elections. And, they, and it was created in Venezuela and with the Venezuelan money. So, okay. Now, the, I, I look, I have, I'm not a computer expert. I'm the least, I could barely download an app. So I'm trying to understand. So these systems you're claiming have the ability where they are now connected to the internet or can be connected to the internet as as my understanding is they can or they can't they have the capacity to do it i think it was the new york times that said it or maybe no actually it was the princeton professor that said it um if they choose to dominion says that they did not now is there a trail of evidence and i i know that rudy presented these these documents today that showed that in fact they believe that it did happen how do we prove that that all happened? 
Well, it's it's visible to people that know how to see it on the Internet. We know, for example, that the server in Germany, the Skydal server in Germany, that it goes to spiked uh, over 30 percent the night of the election, the data input to it. People can measure things like that that know how to do it. Uh, we know that their own handbook explains how votes can be trashed. I mean, you drag and drop voting files just like you do anything else. You can program the machine, for example, to overlook any signatures written uh, on, a, on a ballot a certain way. And, and, and then all those go into what they call an adjudication file. Then somebody at the end of the night can take anything and everything that went into that adjudication file and allocate it to whoever they want to allocate it to. And there's no system check so on you're that. saying that we you have you have cyber experts that have looked at the fingerprints or you if you will that it is within the system if in fact they connected to a foreign entity or information on election day went outside of the country yes and we have uh, that's one of the exhibits to our complaint that we filed in michigan that will be available shortly, if it isn't already, at our website, defendingtherepublic.org. Okay, so you're going to put it up publicly so people can see it. All right, now we we did learn, too, that according to Washington Examiner, officials in Fulton County, Georgia, said that their Dominion voting system server crashed on Sunday, uh, delaying the recount that was demanded by the by the president. And they've had all these other problems. Now, my question is this. If you have the New York Times, the AP, the state of Texas, a tenured professor, uh, professor at Princeton, who's an election machine expert, all saying the same thing, that they don't yeah. like the system. Why was it right. used in 28 states? It should never have been. But, but, Sean, that was used for the purpose of rigging this election. That's the very purpose it was used for. You remember Biden coming out and saying that he had the biggest voter fraud organization in history? <clears throat> that was his unfiltered dementia coming out. He was right. He did. I'm sure they told him that, they, you know, they had it all, all rigged. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they had the programmers and the people in place to do it. Dominion's own, one of their executives went to Detroit to run the Detroit Center that very night. That happened in other places, too. One of Kamala Harris's key people is a Dominion person. So They're everywhere. Then, so if, if this is the case, how come that this has not taken hold in, in terms of the media, where everybody gets to see the path that this took? And in other words, I would assume fingerprints and forensics, computer forensics, would be pretty impressive evidence for any court. Why so far has it not gotten further? Well, we're still having to fight to get access to their machines to download the data that we need from their machines. I mean, we can prove a lot of it, and frankly, more than enough evidence than, than most people are in prison for But now. if you don't have, have access already. to the machines, you're just saying as of now that the machines have the capability of doing it? No, I'm saying they both have the capability, and the, there were people watching real time that could see it happening. Okay, who was watching in real time? I can't provide those names. But there are people that have signed sworn affidavits? There are people that have told us they were watching it real time. Computer and experts. I'm sure, the government, I'm sure the government can identify who those people are 
and should be conducting its own investigation through the Defense Intelligence Agency, if nothing else, because this is a matter of national security. The problem is this isn't the first time it's happened, Sean. It's been going on for at least 15 years, maybe more. It's happened around the world. So you have to realize that our intelligence agency, the CIA, every other intelligence agency of any government worth its salt knows about it. The multinational corporations and whoever is paying for all this certainly knows about it. All right. I got I got to I got to leave it there. But, um, well, great job, obviously, on General Flynn. Please send our best to him. You know, but obviously, you know, when these people that were watching this quote in real time, if they they saw this, they got to speak out. We got to hear from them, don't we? Well, yeah, and we do need to hear from them, and they're going to need security because death, death threats have already been made against people. We have a couple of people already in the hospital from being assaulted. I mean, it, it, my phone was doxxed; it's rendered it essentially unusable. There's all kinds of harassment and crap going on all against right. anyone who speaks up. But the reason it's going on is because enough people haven't stood up and spoken up and looked out for their people who are patriots and started putting I, I want to hear from every I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear from anybody that has any information. And if they were watching this in real time, I want to hear from them. Uh, Sydney, uh, always good to have you. Sydney Powell, great job with General Flynn. Our best to him and his family. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Quick break right back. We'll continue. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, we got to listen to the the mob and the media talk about, you know, one of the biggest, you know, injustices that have happened, well, in most presidential elections now, they get it more, they get it wrong more often than not, is just how bad polling is, how unreliable it is. Listen to this media montage. Uh, polling is just not reliable. These polls are not to be trusted. There's something wrong with Amen the polling industry. The polling clearly was off badly because um, not only is this election much closer than anyone predicted, but it also was not a great night for Democrats across the board. I mean, we we expected big gains in the House. We expected to take the Senate. Um, we didn't get big gains in the House and the Senate is still in question, but it, the chances look dim. You said if the polls got it wrong, again this time around after missing it four years ago that you thought it was kind of the end for the polling industry how do you explain cnn having a 12 point margin for joe biden which will be nowhere near that when all the votes are counted even the most optimistic people on biden's side say it'll be less than half that all right joining us to discuss eric eggers research director of government accountability institute author of uh he wrote this in 2018 fraud how the left plans to steal the next election uh, also, John McLaughlin, pollster, McLaughlin and Associates. Um, you know, if you I, I know that you've said, John McLaughlin, that if you told me Donald Trump is going to get 74 million votes in his reelection attempt and that he would get that and still not be declared the winner. You said that, that was mathematically an impossibility. I, I Look, I've gone through all of the different numbers that exist. And for Joe Biden, you have to believe. All of these different scenarios unfolded just perfectly for him in four particular cities. Three states he won by only 44,000 votes total. That would be Georgia, Arizona, uh, and Wisconsin. So I'm looking at all of these, you know, outperforms Obama by 15 million votes. You have to believe that. You have to believe that he underperformed with 
the minority community, except for the cities that are in question where we have been discussing uh, whether or not we had a free, fair and accurate election. Your thoughts? Well, I think I think most voters in the United States agree with you, because we've been before the election. We were saying for months it would be close right up to the end. We were saying it was close. I remember you saying it would be 50 50. And guess what? It was close. And and out of 158 million votes, you're citing basically 44,000 that are separating the president and Joe Biden for a total of 37 electoral votes that would change the outcome. And guess what? We asked a poll last week for uh, Newsmax. It's on our website at mclaughlinonline.com. Regardless of who you voted for in the presidential election, do you believe it's fair or unfair for President Trump to ask for a recount in states where the ballot for president is as close as 1% or closer? 67% said it's fair, 33 unfair. The majority of voters in that same poll that was completed last Wednesday said basically that 52% said the media was unfair and biased. And four to one, they were unfair and biased against the president. So, you know, these media polls where they're saying uh, it's the polling industry's fault, we don't know how to poll anymore, they were hidden Trump voters, they're covering up their bias. Remember, all during these months we were talking about CNN. They had national polls saying 25% Republicans. The last two elections, the exit polls had 33% Republican, 37 Democrat, but they lowered it to 25 because they were playing a game to suppress the Trump vote. If you didn't think the president could win, Biden had his votes banked in the mail and then whatever they could manufacture on election night. They had him banked in the mail. If the Trump voters didn't come out, it would have been a Biden landslide, Democrat landslide. Instead, the Trump voters came out. You had 74 million, which is 11 million more than the president had four years ago. And, and guess what? The media polls were wrong because they wanted them to be wrong. They were doing this intentionally. You can't tell me that Chuck Todd at NBC doesn't know how to poll, or George Stephanopoulos at ABC doesn't know how to poll, or, or uh, uh, was it Cuomo, uh, the governor's brother, Cuomo, Chris Cuomo at, at CNN? They know how to poll. They're all Democrat partisans where they wanted to see us beat, and they were using the polls as a weapon against us during the election. There's nothing wrong with the polling industry. It's the people that were hiring. I I disagree. I don't think they do know how to poll anymore, or do they care to do it accurately? Because they can't be this wrong this often. They did it on purpose, Sean. They were trying to beat us. It it was intentional. They, and they and they were proven wrong by President Trump. And well, if you don't believe, if you you know, what I I thought I couldn't believe anything, but if you would have told me that Hillary Clinton would manufacture uh, a story to cover up her own misdeeds uh, using Russian disinformation with funnel money uh, through a law firm that hired an op research firm that goes to this guy with questionable credentials who then peddles Russian disinformation that's then used as the basis to spy on a presidential candidate and a president. And uh, the media covered up for it and ran with that phony conspiracy theory for three years. I bet nobody would have believed that happened either. So, you know, these things happen. Eric Eggers, you write this book in 2018, Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. Uh, Well, we got an election on January 5th in Georgia that I'm very concerned about. And that's just the first uh, election post-2020, and uh, I'm wondering what happens there, because I don't see that Georgia's lifting a finger to change a thing. 
Yeah, and I think George is a microcosm of the larger debate that's playing out nationally about this always this tension between election integrity and accuracy versus the idea of access, right? I mean, Stacey Abrams famously cried voter intimidation and voter suppression, said that's why she lost in 2018. By the way, Stacey Abrams had no problem asking for recounts and asking for continued scrutiny on the action. She still never conceded. Good point. (laughs) That's exactly right. So uh, why the the idea that Donald Trump might be asking some of the same questions in the same state uh, just two years later, you know, I don't think that that's an unfair question at all. Um, Remember this, Sean, and, you know, I I have to look more into the specifics of it, but Stacey Abrams was actually, you know, in charge of a a voter outreach organization that was flagged by Georgia's Secretary of State's office a few years ago with some questions about the accuracy and some some allegations of voter fraud. Now, the the investigation never went anywhere, but I think when you start looking at some of these anomalies in terms of Atlanta, in terms of Milwaukee, where, as we've discussed, Sean, uh, Milwaukee has law enforcement officials said after the 2004 election that we found documented evidence of an organized attempt to change the results of this election through voter fraud, right? That that's happened in Milwaukee. Detroit has had elections officials charged with voter fraud. So the idea, and now we're seeing all these different examples, and you had uh, Ms. Powell on. I think she's going to have a chance to make a, a compelling case if she can produce significant evidence. The problem is legally the threshold to overturn election results is so high that even what common everyday Americans might say, hey, that doesn't seem right. That seems like it's discredited the weight of my vote because of some of these other activities. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that a judge is going to overturn the results of an election. No, I mean, this is the hard part. Once you're playing catch up like this, it's very, very difficult. You know, I just I look at the basics and the fundamentals and the media hated these machines. Uh, Tenured professors hated these machines. Democratic uh, uh, senators like Klobuchar, Wyden and 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 Elizabeth Warren hated them. The state of Texas rejected them. The state of Georgia had problems all over the place with them. And we're learning more about that every day. Uh, now we find out that the system crashed. I mean, we're just discovering that today. Um, it's like everything wrong that you could possibly ever do, they're doing, and and it's leading nobody to have any confidence. Eight and ten, at least, in some cases, nine and ten in the polls show that uh, Trump supporters and Republicans don't trust the outcome of this election. Uh, and I think they have good reason not to, because I don't trust it, uh, John McLaughlin. Absolutely. And that poll I was just mentioning to you. We said how much of all voters across the United States, how much of a problem is voter fraud in big Democrat cities? 51 to 49, they said it's a problem. Absolutely, the Trump voters, 87%. But the Democrats, 21, independents, 47, urban areas, 44, African Americans, 33. And guess what? They support voter identification 90 to 10. So there's 15 states that don't have voter identification, like in New York, when I vote, they don't ask you for ID, they're not allowed to. And then when we asked about signature verification, 88% want signature verification. And that's what was missing in Georgia. So, so Georgia, the governor needs to call a special session, bring them in, fix the signature verification. And you know what the difference was in Florida and North Carolina where President Trump won? They count their absentees first before the election day vote. So the absentees came in, the write-ins came in. They were counted in Florida and counted in North Carolina. So basically, once the president was ahead, he stayed ahead because in these other places like Fulton County, Georgia, they had a water main break. They stopped counting. All By the way, there's about- a lot of questions about the legitimacy of how bad that, that water main break was. Mm-hmm. 
and mm. whether or not, in fact, uh, when people were told to go home, whether or not voting continued, I'm told there's a videotape, apparently, that is, is trying to make its way through the courts that's been subpoenaed. Have you heard about that? Yes. And there's affidavits and witnesses. There's a, there's a, Amistad Project has a lawsuit in Georgia with his 200,000 fraudulent votes that they have evidence of. There's evidence of fraudulent votes, and they need their day in court to see if it's proven or not. But the key thing is, in Georgia, they should change, the, the governor should call a special session, they should strengthen signature verification, and then what they should do is require that the mail-ins and the absentees that have been received by Election Day are counted first so that you don't have somebody all of a sudden stopping a count trying to manufacture votes. Because Rudy Giuliani, I heard yesterday in a radio interview, said what they did was they, they basically created uh, new ballots and ran them through the machines over and over again in Philadelphia and Detroit and other places. And that's Democrats have been doing that for generations, for years. So they're just automating it now. Eric? Well, so many things that uh, I think go along with what John said. First of all, we've had an elections official in Philadelphia already arrested this summer for literally doing that, right? Stuffing the ballot box with as many ballots as possible. It's such an important point about how Florida and North Carolina count their ballots ahead of the actual election day, because when you don't do that, then what you've got is you've got these states, these sort of rickety old systems with antiquated technology. Now they're trying to count all the day of ballots at the same time as they're trying to count all the mail-in ballots. And so like, that's when fraud thrives, is when you have the system that's overwhelmed, you have chaos, and you have a lack of accountability. So I think that's a really big deal. And then on the signature verification, you know, we've seen historic lows in terms of ballots being thrown out or discarded because of signature mismatch issue. Historically, that's the number one reason why ballots are discarded that and they're not arriving on time. So I think the idea that you're seeing with more mail-in ballots than ever, significantly and historically low uh, instances of the signatures not matching, that just doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but, you know, again, is that legally valid or compelling enough to see a significant change or alteration in the outcome? You know, I haven't seen that yet. All right. Uh, we're going to talk to John McLaughlin, Eric Eggers, more on the other side and what's going to happen in Georgia because it's coming fast, a little over a month. All right, as we continue, Eric Eggers and John McLaughlin. John, you're following Georgia closely. All the polls I show, it is it is so close. And we've all got to be concerned that they have not made the changes that should be made, including the signature verification issue you mentioned. And the governor and the secretary of state seem uh, clueless and unwilling to even look at it. Well, the definition of insanity is doing the same silly things over and over again. To go into another January 5th election where you get all these mail-in ballots ahead of time in a dead heat race is crazy. I mean, they need to fix those laws right now so that, okay, the mail-in ballots are occurring right now in Georgia. The in-person voting starts December 14th. The election is January 5th. If they don't, if they don't fix the, the ballot security, they will have a problem and lose the election before even January 5th hits. So the governor needs to call a special session and get it done right away. I've, I've worked there. You know I worked there for years for Governor uh, Nathan Deal. It was a toss-up state when we first got elected in 2010, when we got re-elected in 2014. But Governor Deal and his people did what had to be done to make sure that we won the elections honestly, fairly, and squarely, and with the support even from 
independents, Democrats, African-Americans, et cetera. Whatever's going on there right now needs to be fixed so that people have confidence in the outcome because it's for control of the U.S. Senate and really control of uh, uh, the future of the country for the next two years. Eric, I don't have a high degree of confidence. You predicted fraud in 2018 for 2020. What do you see here? Well, I think, um, you know, look at states that have taken election integrity seriously, right? States like Florida, states like Ohio. I mean, Florida changed its laws, as John's suggesting Georgia does. Um, and as a result, in the last 20 years, they've had, you know, fewer incidences of allegations of fraud. And you've also seen that state trend consistently read. Ohio has been very much the same way, even though they get sued routinely with charges of racism and voter suppression uh, because they wanted to make sure only legal residents of the state of Ohio were on the voter rolls, right? So any state that's not done that, including Georgia, I think it's right uh, and fair to ask hard questions. Now, the one thing I would say, and I think this is so important, if, if the mail-in balloting or if the election is going to start, if people can start voting on December 14th, then I think any changes or legal remedies need to be addressed before then, because one of the tactics that actually, I think, helps lead to some of these questionable outcomes is when the laws are changed after the election has started, and Democrats are often the ones pushing for that. So I think it's important, because what, what Republicans don't want to have happen is you don't want to have happen in the name of this election, you create some legal loophole that might be exploited for future election results that might ultimately kind of, I think, undermine the outcome everybody's looking for. So uh, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, they're going to change any kind of election integrity improvements need to happen soon in Georgia. All right. Thank you both. Eric Eggers and John McLaughlin. Thank you both. 800-941-SEAN to the phones we go. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We'll get to your calls here. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. By the way, I mean, <laughs> the funniest thing I saw on Thanksgiving was this. Everybody was sending it out on social media. Uh, in New York, Governor Cuomo peering into your home to see how many people to count the people at the Thanksgiving Day dinners. Uh, anyway, he's now saying when you hear holiday music, think about COVID, Grinch and be on alert. This is what he said. Now, the mindset for the holiday season. All right. We're now all happy and cheery and we're going to come together and we're doing gift buying and we're going to do holiday celebrations. We're going to start to have meals together. The family's coming back together for the holiday season. Students are all coming home. Religious celebrations during the holiday season. Yeah. COVID is the Grinch. Think of it that way. And the COVID Grinch is an opportunist. And the COVID Grinch sees this as the season of viral transmission. All those things that the holiday season brings, they all increase social activity, they all increase mobility, and they will all increase viral transmission. So this is the season of the COVID Grinch also. When you hear that holiday music, Marsha, think, think COVID Grinch and be on alert because that is part of this holiday season. Man, there's an uplifting message. You know what I have figured out? I think most people understand COVID. And I think people are, they're making their own decisions. Uh, now, I think with the widespread testing that's available, a lot of people got that I saw in New York testing facilities were packed 
all throughout the holidays. People get kids are getting tested before they come home from school. And you understand everybody knows about masks. Everybody knows about social distancing and everybody's going to judge their own appetite at this point. Now, everyone said, well, there's not going to be miracles. Well, we have miracle therapeutics, Eli Lilly and Regeneron, for example. A uh, study came out. Oh, Hannity and these other guys were right. 84% hydroxychloroquine helps. We've had doctor after doctor with the most credential backgrounds, Baylor and Harvard and elsewhere all around the country telling you, yeah, Cedar sinai Los Angeles, all these people, Dr. Oz telling you, yeah, taken early, uh, these studies right. Uh, all right, let's get to our busy phones. Arizona, Don is next. Don, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, how are you, Sean? I'm doing good. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Glad you're with us. Yeah, thank you. Um, hey, look, you know, I, I, I listened to Sidney Powell and I, I listened to all these hearings and it's like, it's, it's time to do something and not just talk. But moreover, I got to tell you, these Republicans, it, they will never, ever win another election again if, if Trump loses. And the reason I say that is because it's not because of fraud. It is simply because you have Democrats, independents, and Republicans that support Trump. They don't support these do-nothing, feckless Republicans that need to get their butts out of office. And uh, if nothing's done, these Republicans, again, people, people like myself who have always voted Republican will never vote Republican again. My question to you is what can be done right now because it's not looking good? I listen, I, you know, Sydney was clear and I was I was pressing her on the issue. OK, these guys that were, you know, she says that she's talked to that were watching data being transferred worldwide in real time. They, these people have to talk. And if, if they don't come out publicly and say it, I was watching the hearings out in Arizona today and earlier. And I'm listening to these, you know, computer experts and what their analysis is and. You know, how these systems were adopted, in my view, and, and I'm, again, I'm not an expert on this. This is not my area. Um, but listening to them, I'm like, we need to know the answer. What Did it go to other countries or did it go to Frankfurt, as was brought up in the hearing today, or not? That should be a yes or no. Now, I guess they can't find out unless they get a hold of the machines. And I don't know how the machines are programmed. I know the Princeton professor that's an expert in these things. He's the one that suggested they have the capability of doing that. So he confirmed that part of it. And I, I know that they're looking for it. But unless they get access to the machines, which has been a problem and machines crashing now, apparently in Georgia, then the judge says he's going to impound them and doesn't impound them. Um, it's very frustrating to me because, you know, we used to send election observers abroad. Now we need real election observers here. Look, certain things, as I've gone through in great detail at the beginning of the show today, you know, we know didn't happen. Partisan observers were denied their statutory right to observe. That can't happen. You cannot have something as profound and as deep as that happen. Uh, if you don't follow the laws, if you try to change the law, if, you know, Georgia officials capitulating, uh, and, and giving up on signature verification standards that are for every single citizen is insanity to me. Um, and, you know, and all this early voting is, is problematic. Everybody, every study, every place, everywhere. After the 2000 election, you had James Baker, Jimmy Carter, 
mail-in voting is always a problem. The New York Times mail-in voting, you know, allow, lends itself the most to potential fraud. Well, why are we allowing that, too? Why are we not using a machine that, if you don't, if you can't build the perfect machine, don't use any machine. Use paper ballots. You have to have signature verification. You have to have voter ID. You need voter ID to get into the Democratic National Committee. It's, but you're right about Republicans. Republicans are nothing. Donald Trump built this Republican Party. And the establishment has been against him every step of the way. And some Republicans have gone along with them only out of pure fear. And if they don't revitalize what they stand for and fight for the things that they say they stand for, they're, they're a dead party because they're not going to motivate people to go out and vote for them just because they have an R in front of their name. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. And Donald Trump proved conservatism works. Everything he did was a massive success because he implemented conservative policies that work and he fought for them. And people respect you if you fight. Republicans that don't fight are useless to all of us. Uh, Becky in Michigan. Becky, how are you? Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I'm okay. I've been listening to you since 2016. So wow, thank I you. appreciate you getting me through. I've been um, listening uh, this whole time. Right now I'm working, um, doing virtual school with my kids at home because their schools have been shuttered. And I'm trying to keep my full-time job working at home and manage the home front. And By the way, how hard that, is that life right now? That's tough on you, oh, I'll tell you. It's, let me tell you something. This is not good for the kids. This is not good for the kids. It's not. I'm they... livid about the election being stolen from the American people, and I'm really angry about my home state being stolen for Trump. And that caller before you is 100% right. If this doesn't get figured out, I will never vote Republican again unless there is somebody that I can trust like President Trump to win our to win. Donald so. Trump gave the Republican Party a backbone and a spine. He showed the yeah. way. And you know what? That's why he got 11 million more votes than he got the last time. And that's why exactly. uh, that, that's why the crowds were big everywhere he went when he was campaigning. There, it, there yeah. are lessons to be learned from him. Look, if he comes back, he could absolutely win in 2024. Oh, if, Sean, if, I'm telling you, Michigan went red for Trump in 2016, and they went red in 2020. I promise. I know they did. I have never seen so much support for a president in my lifetime as I have for Trump Ever. in this state. None uh, of these numbers make any sense. None of them. None. Um, of, that's my and, argument. No, this, none of this makes sense. You have to believe right. that I won't go through the whole list of what I put together at the beginning of the show. But what you have right. to believe a lot of things happen that have never happened before. And if you're asking me if I believe it, the answer is no. Do I think this was fair? No. Do I think that? The system needs a drastic reform if we're going to have confidence in election results in the future. Absolutely. If we don't get it right, we'll never have a Republican elected president again, ever. It won't happen. It'll be impossible. And I can tell you, Governor Whitmer spent $4 million on mail-in ballots in Michigan. I've been watching this the whole time. We, we, we received a few here, one in an old name of mine because I got married in 2018, we have a few different ballot applications. So um, there's some definitely some corruptness happening, especially up in my state. So there's some big problems in Michigan. And, there and by are the way, they, they always love to qu quote the great Dr. Fauci. And I don't have a problem with Fauci. I think Fauci tried his best. I do. 
Yeah. And um, but I'll tell you, but the one thing they didn't listen to him, he said it was safe for people to vote in person. He said it was safe that nobody wanted to hear that part of Fauci's message. And no, no, and, and, and we're going to hold elections in perpetuity. Three months, you start early voting, two months, one month. And then you're going to count the votes, you know, in perpetuity after the election. You, you know, if these other states can get it right, you can't convince me that these these your state and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and the states in question, Georgia, Arizona and Nevada, that they can't get it right, too. They don't want to get it right. The more confusion they sow, the more it, can, it lends itself to opportunities for them to, you know, involve themselves in nefarious activities. That's why people don't trust the results. They don't trust the people. All these other states did it perfectly, you know, except the states in question. Anyway, thank you, Becky. All the best to you. And hang in there as a stay-at-home mom. Velma in Vegas. Velma, how are you, Velma? We miss you. I miss you, too. How you doing? I'm good. I'm thankful that you're still a friend of mine. I love you. I'm not going to stop loving you just because you got, you know, a little bit confused. I'm not going to stop loving you. But you've never agreed with me all these years. Now, how am I adopted nephews? I don't agree with you when it comes to politics. I, you know, you love your children. You love your family. I agree with you on that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know you love you. my nephews, and I think you're a little hard on them. Are you still being hard on them? And they love you, too. They thought you were upset with them, though. Why, why are they? Why do you? Why don't you contact me when you have these moments come up? Because I love my nephews. They love you, too. They love you dearly. Well, what do they want for Christmas? I need to find out. I need to find out what they want for Christmas this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to tell Linda. Okay, I will. All right. Yeah, but you're doing okay? You look good. You're losing I, weight. I'm looking good. I, I work out like an animal. That's what I do. You feel good? You staying safe and all of that? You I'm, a, I'm a total loser. Yeah, the answer is I'm a total loser and I'm staying in Who shape. Yes, who said you were a total loser? I'm saying I'm a total loser. No, you're not. You look so good, and you're such a sweet, wonderful well, man. You're, you're ruining my reputation. Huh? You're ruining my reputation. Well, listen, I got to run, but I want to wish you, if I don't talk to you, uh, well, I'll talk to you before Christmas, and and we'll send you to the win, and you can get your little spa treatment, and you love that day, right? I do. I do. All right, we'll send you to the win. We're going to give the people there fair warning that you're coming back, okay? Okay, I love you. Love you, too. All right. She's so tough on my nephews. Oof, poor kids. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Busy night tonight. We'll update you on all of these investigations into election irregularities. Maria Baratiromo, who interviewed the president, Sidney Powell, on the pardon of Michael Flynn and the election stuff. Newt Gingrich, all coming up. Set your DVR. Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox. Yes, independent as always. 9 Eastern. See you then. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.